Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Business Coaching for Artists podcast with me, your host Susanna. I'm a vocalist and topline writer with over 18 years experience in the music industry and the past couple years it has become my mission to help you build a sustainable music business that fits your values and the career and the life you want to create. Hey guys, I hope you are doing well. Over here, things are going good. (laughs) The weather has been amazing. Let's talk about the weather. (laughs) You know, summer really is in full swing in this part of the world. So I'm kind of imagining that maybe you're listening to this at the beach or with another beautiful view in front of you from your holiday location. But if not, you know, wherever it is you're listening from, it's good to have you here. Because today I'm going to discuss a topic that I am really passionate about. And that is breaking the underpayment, the cycle of underpayment in the music industry. Because unfortunately, the fact of the matter is that the majority of artists and musicians struggle to make a living from their music. And this is the result of multiple factors. The value or rather devaluation of music in society the role of record labels and big companies and platforms such as Spotify, streaming, but also the ways in which us musicians approach the monetization of our music ourselves. And in this episode, that's the part that I'm going to focus on, the musician side of things, the artist side of things, because, you know, we can complain about society and the industry all we want, but... I really believe in taking responsibility for your own success and therefore I prefer to focus on the things that I can control, on the things that we as artists can control. And we can definitely control the way we approach the monetization of our music and negotiating deals and charging for our work, etc. Now let me start with the following because... If the fact that I'm going to be talking about making money from your music is triggering you in some way, then that's a sign that you probably need to do some work on your money mindset. One of the main reasons artists struggle to charge for their work or negotiate deals is having money blocks, you know, limiting beliefs about money. And a few common ones are, I can't make meaningful music and make good money at the same time. Like there is this notion that the more an artist is struggling, the more meaningful and valuable their art is. Another one is making music comes naturally to me. It's easy for me. It's fun for me. So I shouldn't charge much for it. Or it's about the music for me. Or I don't want anyone to think I'm greedy. And so on. If you recognize yourself in this, then you may want to check out my online course, The Journey. Because I dedicate a whole module to this subject called You Are Worth It. And the reason I did that, the reason I created a whole module about the subject of money mindset and charging what you're worth is that I believe that, like I said, if we as artists collectively stand up for the value of our work, 
then eventually society and the industry will have to follow and follow our lead, basically, and have to step it up. Now, one way to make more money as a musician is obviously to negotiate good deals. A common mistake I see artists make is that they get so excited when they are offered a deal, for example, a record deal or a publishing deal, that they sign the contract without really understanding what they are actually agreeing to. They're kind of sticking their head in the sand or just being naive and believing that the other party has their best interest at heart. But I recommend always getting legal advice or at least advice from someone else with experience who really knows what they're talking about. And yeah, getting legal advice may be an investment, but signing a bad deal is also costly. And in Holland, where I live, you can actually get free legal advice if you're a member of BAM Pop Auteurs, which is a musician association. So if you're from Holland and you're not a member yet, I really recommend becoming a member. It's only like 50 euros a year. They host webinars, there's a Facebook group, etc. So I think it's really worth it. And you can get free legal advice. Now, if you're not from Holland, then I definitely think it's worth, worth checking if similar services are offered in your country. Now, let me also give you an example to illustrate my point. I actually read an article today about Kelis. You know, maybe if you're my age, <laughs> you'll know if you're much younger than me, then um, maybe you don't really know about her. But she had a massive hit with Milkshake. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, it's better than yours. That song, which I looked it up. It's almost 20 years ago, 20 years since that song was released. But anyways, she is on bad terms with Pharrell Williams and this guy, Chad Hugo, Hugo who produced her first two albums. And she claims that she hardly made any money from the sales of those two albums due to the deal she signed with them. With Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. And in an interview with The Guardian from 2020, she explained, you know, she, this is a quote from her, their argument is, well, you signed it. And I'm like, yeah, I signed what I was told and I was too young and too stupid to double check it. So please don't be naive about these things. Contracts tend to be in favor of the label or whichever party is on the other end of the table. And negotiating is a normal part of doing business. So don't be afraid <laughs> to do so. The other recommendation that I have for you is to not rely on streaming alone. According to my distributor, Ditto, 1 million streams earns about 5,000 euros. 1 million streams earns about 5,000 euros. 
but that is not necessarily the amount that will end up in your pocket, in the artist's pocket. You know, if you've signed your music to a record label or a publisher or have worked with other artists on the song, then obviously the money will be distributed between those parties. Now, recently there has been a really interesting development that I want to mention here. A few years ago, I believe it was 2019, the United States Copyright Royalty Board, also known as CRB, published a significant, announced a significant increase of the mechanical royalty rates for streaming. Actually, a 44% increase from 10.5% to 15.1% for songwriters and publishers. And this forces streaming services to pay more. However, those streaming services, including Spotify, then appealed this increase in 2019. And actually, this summer, the appeal has been denied. So that's good news for songwriters and publishers. And this is a major development. It hasn't been changed in, I don't know, I read it somewhere, but I forgot, like, more than, I don't know, 75 years or something, it hasn't been, has not been changed, this, the mechanical royalty rate in the US. And even though this increase only applies to the US market, it does prove that change is indeed possible, even when we're up against the big tech companies. So let's just hope that similar developments will happen in other parts of the world and artists and songwriters will be compensated more fairly. That being said, while this is a step in the right direction, you would still need quite a large chunk of streams to earn a living. And for the majority of artists, 1 million streams really is a challenge to reach. So while streaming should definitely play an important role In your music business, I also recommend developing additional income streams as well. And the most common ones are obviously performing live and teaching. But you can also think of selling merchandise and physical CDs. I see that happening a lot more since the pandemic, by the way. Um, You can think of sponsorship deals and product placement, for example, in your music videos. Although I do think that's probably um, more worth it if you you already have made a name for yourself and and have quite a large um, fan base to make it interesting for brands to do sponsorship deals with you and have their products placed in your music videos. But I definitely did want to mention it. There's also subscriptions and online communities, such as Patreon and Twitch. Like on Twitch, you can stream. A lot of DJs are streaming their DJ sets there, but you could also just perform there. Um, And on Patreon and on both platforms, actually, you can really build a community of super fans who pay a monthly subscription. So you can actually create recurring income on those platforms. 
But also don't forget, you know, just selling your songwriting, producing, mixing and or mastering services to other artists or production companies, etc. And these are just a few of the options. And, you know, which income stream makes most sense for you to develop or income streams? That really depends on the kind of career that you envision for yourself and what your strengths and skills are. And that is also something that I help you decide in the journey as well. I help artists decide that I go over all the different forms of income, all the different income streams uh, that you can choose from, and then help artists decide in the journey um, which make sense for them to add and to create a plan for that, like a business plan. A new cycle of the journey actually starts this fall. If you want to read more about it, I am going to put a link with more info in the show notes for this episode. So just go to the episode description and you'll find a link there, a link to the journey. Now, last but not least, earning more also has to do with your expenses. Because the less you spend, the more you will have left of any income. So basically, my advice is be mindful about how you spend your money. Now, don't get me wrong. It does take money to build something, to build a music career. You know, artists who think they can build a music career for free. uh, I'm sorry to say, but that's quite naive, you know. Just as with any other business, there's investments involved. There are costs involved. But there's also a few misconceptions like that you need a fancy studio with all the works to make quality music. You can start simple. You don't need to have the most expensive equipment. You can start simple and then build out your studio over time. Like every time you earn some money, reinvest part of it in your music business. Honestly, you know, if you would see my home studio where I write and record my top lines current nowadays, because we moved uh, earlier this year into a new house, you wouldn't be very impressed. <laughs> but I did just sign another top line I recorded in here to a label, which I think proves my point. Another thing, you know, do you really need that extra guitar? I bet you're better off investing that money in the promotion of your music or expanding your skill sets so that you can use your skills to sell more and earn more. You also don't need an expensive camera for your content creation. You know, nowadays, most smartphones take really good pictures and videos as well. And I think we we all have a phone nowadays, so might as well get a good one that you can use for your content creation as well, instead of having a smartphone and a camera. So basically, you know, my point is, before you spend your money, I invite you to always ask yourself, is this a nice to have or is it a must? Is this a nice to have or a must? And a must being something that will either help you develop your skills, music production, promotion, becoming a better creative entrepreneur or musicpreneur, or 
something that helps you promote your music and build a fan base. In other words, you want to prioritize the expenses that are likely to lead more to more income further down the line. More impact and income, and therefore income further down the line. And last but not least, you know, building a sustainable music career that allows you to make a living from your music requires you to step up, to step up as the financial leader of your music business. And I get that that might not be what you want to hear. You just want to make and play music all day. But as the saying goes, and I'm saying this with love, you can hate me all the way to the bank. As long, and I'm, I feel very strongly about this, as long as you keep playing small and don't take responsibility for your income, you will have a hard time turning your passion into a viable future-proof career. All right, you know, sometimes... <laughs> I just have to give some tough love. I hope you can appreciate that. And with that, I'm also going to wrap up this episode. Feel free to let me know what your thoughts are when it comes to making more money as a musician. Also would love to hear your challenges. You know, what do you struggle with most when it comes to monetizing your music? And you can do so by sending me a DM via Instagram.com slash business coaching for artists. I always reply personally. Um, or you can share your thoughts on this episode in, in your stories. You know, you can share this episode directly from Spotify to your stories and then add your comments or thoughts there. And I will make sure to read them. Now, if you found this episode valuable pun intended, <laughs> then it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a review on iTunes or support the podcast on Spotify by giving it a rating it. You can give it one to five stars. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, you'll get, give it five stars. And you can do this on the main profile page in the Spotify app. So you can rank business the BCFA podcast there. And yeah, you know, I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when the new episode goes live. And until then, all I have to say is much love and make sure you enjoy the rest of the summer. Enjoy what's left of it because <laughs> it's going to fly by just like that.